This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Two Marine Raiders in a Q&A with Josh Hansberger. What's happening? Josh and I were on a team together. Way back when. We were both a lot more sexier back then. <laughs> I beg to differ. So we wanted to do a Q&A with both of us and answer you guys' questions. Uh, Miss Capra wants to know what's for dinner. Okay, we're going to jump right into it. You guys gave us some really good questions and some really dumb questions. No such thing as a dumb question. We'll try and answer them all. First question. You ready, Josh? Let's go. What go. made you guys enlist? This is from Ivan QT. What a cutie, Ivan. I, I think Ivan actually has like five or six questions. What made you guys enlist in the Marines and were you guys scared to enlist? Josh, go. <laughs> I guess what made me enlist is I wanted nothing to do with college. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole extended like aren't high you, school. Aren't like, you looking to join a college now? Yeah, but you know, it's I grew up. I, I learned <laughs> that it was okay. Um, strong military background. My family, I guess, where I come from, just felt like it was something I wanted to do. Like I had this yearning desire, you know, to to be in the military. And then it started off. I think honestly, it started off with like the army. My grandpa was in the army, so I was going to maybe follow suit with him. And then I figured, if I'm going to do it, I might as well go balls deep, join the Marine Corps. That's kind of where I came from too. Mine would be a lot shorter. I finished high school right after the tenth grade, and I got a GD because I was making a lot of money at a job and then within like a year and a half of doing that I realized like this can't be it to life and I was definitely not interested in school so I was like what else is there in the world enter the Marine Corps well actually enter the service but then it was the same way I was like well if I'm going to join a branch then I'm going to join the Marine Corps Might just because well do it right yeah, I'm going to do it if I'm going to do it do it right uh, was I scared on a list absolutely not it was 2000 it was before the war it wasn't really anything going on it was like okay you're going to join the Marine Corps you're going to get jacked shoot tan guns, and ripped and shoot guns blow shit up go on vacation in the med yeah yeah. All right, next question. What can you do to help get selected for MARSOC? First thing that I want to say, we'll just say this. Any questions related to passing selection, if you are not a Marine, start here. Start here. If you're in high school and you're worried about passing selection, worry about passing basic training first. Take care of that. Yeah. And then go well from there. And then figure it out after that. Like okay. anything else, you have to start at step one first. Don't get the cut line, bro. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Stack joker. Okay, here's a great question. My question is, do you guys have any advice for how to... How a married couple can deal with the stress of SF life. My girlfriend and I plan on being married during my career in the Corps, and I'm I'm aiming to become a Raider, provided I don't get a log dropped on me during ANS. I cannot answer this one, <laughs> Josh. Um, I guess the root of the question, but it, it, does it How? say he's not even in the military yet? No, he's not in the military yet. Mm, okay. So again, so start again, here. But step one: should you successfully complete, complete step one and make it on to step two, three, and fifty? I think um, that would be like step. 
step 10. Yeah. Anyways, you make if it you to can, step 10. If you're you're still married by then. Then you've done something right so far. So, you know, take some things from there. To be honest, though, I, I think a lot of it just boils down to communication between the two of you. Open communication and honesty. And then, you know, you have to play this this balance game, you know, and it's like any other job um, or any other workload that you're with is that you got to get sucked in and love it and live it enough because it is your job, your lifestyle. You're in the military. It's different than, you know, a nine to five. But at the she's s- got to be on board for that too. She's got to be on board. But then it's got to be a two-way street that you also have to give on the backside. You know, when you are home, you got to be present um, and just do as much as you can. Um, other than that, man, I, I really don't, I mean. Well, I would say this. I would say a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of young Marines get married to their high school sweetheart or they get married to somebody right out the gate and more likely that's not the right person there's very few people that may that meet somebody when they're 17 and make it to be married because you don't even know who you are yeah so what happens to a lot of marines they meet somebody as basically a young man or a child and then they go through the marine corps and then all of a sudden they grow up and become a man and they don't like the person they're with or the same way with a woman doesn't like you know so be very choosy on who you decide to spend the rest of your life with or a long period of time because then you have kids and then doesn't work out now you've got a whole different problem on your hands and we've seen it time and time again and I've even experienced it myself. Next question. What stupid decisions did you guys make as teenagers and young men? I can go with this one. Start that one. Uh, Join a gang. Steal a car. Get caught stealing a car, breaking and entering, drugs. All sounded like good ideas at the time, but again, when I decided, oh, I'm gonna go join the Marine Corps. Roadblock. Yeah, two-time convicted felon, bad test scores, GED, those all did not line up with my goals. Here's another thing. Because of my felonies, I was a Marine Raider at Raider Battalion, came back from deployment, I went to go get a pistol purchase permit, and the sheriff's like, just, just to, to buy, buy one. I was probably, what, 27, 28? Yeah. The sheriff was like, nope, you're a convicted felon, not happening, which led me to get a lawyer and get it expunged and take care of it all. But the thing is, is the fact that I had a top secret clearance. All your accolades that you had. Yeah. I I was a special (laughs) operations Marine and I could not own a firearm in the United States of America personally. Because all your prior stuff from, you know, young lifestyle. So you think it doesn't, you think it doesn't affect you, but it 100% does. So be smart. When did I meet Josh? Josh and I met on the team on M, on MSOT 8222. 2010. 2010? Yeah. So he came to our team and uh, I think we, we lost a guy. I think a guy moved from one team to the other and we had an opening. Anyways, Josh, Josh, we were in the middle of a workout and Josh stepped in, basically was a, a seamless slide transition. in transition and jumped on. And then that was it, man. And then I think we it was the beginning of the workout made history. Honestly. Yeah, it was towards the, we had done a couple things. Yeah, I think. Two, you two missed months, the hike. Two months, mate. Yeah. You missed the... I'm okay with that. <laughs> you missed the well, Appalachian from, Trail. From all the pictures, trip. all the words that I heard, like, <laughs> it's okay that I missed it. Like, And that's it. So Josh and I have been friends for seven years, and uh, we did... We worked our last two years, two or three years together in the Marine Corps. He got hurt, and I was already I was already out, right? I think I was out. Uh, No, I don't think so. 2012? May? or yeah, No, 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 no. I was still in. You were still in. So I was out through your recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So then I we stayed, stayed connected, and then now we're doing 
some work together yeah. on the outside now. Facebook so. told me it's been like eight years, so I listened to that. There you go. Yeah. Facebook knows. Uh, not going to do that one. Which one? This one. Yeah. No. Nah. How is the culture different from the regular infantry and the special operations community? I was never in the regular infantry, so I'm going to have to let him yeah. answer that. Um, yeah. So I did the whole regular infantry 03 thing for five years or Heard something sucks. Like it sucks. Um, and to be honest, like when you boil it down, you know, the difference between, I just want to make sure I get this right. The difference between the infantry and special operations community. So special operations community typically has guys who have been in for a little bit. Of, um, so they have some age under them. They have some experience, hopefully some experience and wisdom. Usually they've knocked off all the petty BS that comes along with being a young person and a young infantryman. Um, so you're just your caliber of people that you're working with is exponentially higher. In the infantry, some guys choose to go there. Some guys get forced to go there. It's a hard life. 90% of the dudes are disgruntled. Um, and you think it's cool to be disgruntled. Um, I, I never did. And you just kind of get sick of the mundane, you know, um, uh, attitude or the dwelling attitude. So jumping over to special operations was a huge bonus. Professionalism, maturity, and everyone wants to be there. And you have to prove yourself every day. More, it was more about a job. It was doing, doing a job. Yeah. Who just wants to join special forces but is stuck on what would be the best time to do it. Seeing how I'm trying to carry out tradition and our family of complete complete informa information college. At the moment, the big thing I keep asking myself is I do I go immediately after graduating or join the workforce two or three years and then join? I think it's a slap on the table as that if right now, don't do anything. If you're that unsure. Yeah, that's my first, that's that. what I'm reading is like, if you're unsure, then you need to like not do anything and keep doing what just you're doing. Feel it out, think yeah. it out. And then if if and when the time comes that you're just compelled. You can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then it consumes you. Start taking a serious look into some more stuff. Whatever's consuming you to yeah. do, that's what you need to do. If you can't stop thinking about going and joining. First of all, you're talking about joining special operations out the gate. Unless you're going trying to get a BUDS contract or an x-ray contract with the Army, you're not going to happen. You're going to have to join the service. So revert back to step one. Back to step one and then figure out. But here's the, here's the thing is most most selection courses are over a 50% attrition rate. Don't even know that you're going to make, you could join and then not make it and now you're in the military. So the thing is you have to really just want to be in the military, yeah. you know, and then you're going to go, you're going to go for it and go all out for it. Understand. <laughs> And be okay, joined, be okay with joining the military. Of, you know, yeah. even if you're wicked shape and smart that you don't make it, you're still going to be in the military. Here's a decent one. It's going to be kind of short, though. What is ANS like compared to other special operations schools like BUDS or Ranger School? I have not been to those other ones, but I will tell you it's been being, have been cadre for ours. Uh, it is right on par with a lot of the other selections, courses, yeah. courses that, that are taking place. It is a very, very good selection course, in my opinion. The people that work it, the cadre that work it, are all ex extremely professional. They want people to succeed. Now, whether somebody succeeds or not is on them, but the cadre really do want people to succeed. The right people. You want to know any more information? Give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sign the dotted line, sign, asshole. <laughs> sign up, prepare for it, and uh, gain further insight. Here's a good one. Before the military, what was your dream job? Uh, for me, I didn't have a dream job, and that's kind of where the problem was. I didn't see, I, I didn't want to believe that this was life. Like, this can't be like the I have arrived point of arrival and this is just the way it's going to be until I die. And I didn't know what
what to do. So that is the reason why I, I, I wanted a life of adventure and gave me more than sure I asked did for. You get it, now, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. um, what about you? Do you have a dream job before you joined the military? Dream career? I think it was be play baseball. Oh, that's know, right. I, I really yeah. was, I was big into baseball when I was younger. Um, I loved it with all my heart and passion, and I wanted to keep playing. So I thought that would be pretty rad. Next question. This is a really good one. We've been getting it a lot. What was your training schedule like before trying out for MARSOC? My story is a little bit di different from Josh's. I was a recon Marine. I was stationed at Second Force, then the Third Recon, and then got orders back to Second Force. It had turned into Special Marines Second. What were, they, what were we calling it back then? Second Marine Raider Battalion. Now that's what it, that's no, what it no, is. It is. Yeah, I did not have to go through ITC. I'm not even sure we had IT. I don't think we had ITC then. No. We had a, the ANS. We had selection course, which I was bitter about having to go there because I felt like I was already in a leadership role, kind of, and like I'd already been doing this for a long time. But I went. It was a it was an eye-opening experience, extremely approved of it after going through it myself. And I, I went through as a staff sergeant. It was it was awesome. Okay, so training, because I, so I knew I was going to go to selection, so I got a thing that was a 10-week prep guide, which, yeah. which was brutal. It was a brutal, terrible. it was a brutal, brutal training schedule. I mean, I was putting on a lot of miles, a lot of hiking, a lot of marching and whatever you want to call it, hump, ruck work. Yep. Um, miles and miles and miles with, you know, and I was gradually increasing the weight and that's what I did to prepare. A little bit of lifting, a little bit of calisthenics, a lot of hiking. I was in Okinawa, Japan. Anybody knows about Okinawa, Japan is a wonderful place. The hills there and the terrain is really conducive to hiking. So I, I definitely got it in. That's what I would do. Now to do it differently is I would be much more, and I think Josh and I are going to look at this in, in the later, later down the road yeah. and uh, potentially build a select Selection training protocol based off the requirements and getting people there without injury and overtraining. And I think that's something that those two being the biggest key yeah. principle. I mean, other than properly training yourself, those other two are, are, are key. In my opinion, there's nothing worse than having a really mentally capable guy that went in there, overtrained for it, yep, comes and, out broke. and comes out broke when he would actually make a really capable operator on the team. Yep. I and mean, that's what I did. I think, Josh, you did the same protocol. Yeah. I found or I got a hold of the SFAS, like that 10 week or 12 week program. So I was doing that and then I was doing two a days. So three days a week I was doing CrossFit. I wasn't really good at it, but I figured it was probably something I should be doing. Again, I really didn't have much knowledge. I just you just needed to train. I just trained and I trained way too much. Thankfully, yeah. you know, I didn't get hurt. I was healthy. Normally that's not the case. Uh, I, I trained way too much. What do you mean when uh, you say sack up? <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> oh, Mr. Gaspar. So take your hand, spread your fingers like really, really wide and just, just make a cupping motion and you just reach down below real deep grab hole, and then just lift them right up. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. All right, here we go. In a good way here. What do MARSOC officers do? How does an officer become part of MARSOC? Bueller? Um, um, well, I'm just kidding. Look, there are some good, there are some really good uh, MARSOC officers out there. Yes. I've had the pleasure of working adjacent to some. You know, they have an impossible kind of job because everything, if they do something right, it's great. If they do something, if, if anybody does anything wrong, it's their fault. So it's almost like a very close to a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Not to mention that they don't get much time on a team. So if you're looking to go the officer route, 
you might get one, maybe two times on a team. And then be, now what's fortunate for us and what's really made Marshock a lot better is they have an MOS. Yeah. So they stay they stay in the community and they stay and they go to company ops. Then they go to you know regiment and battalion. They go to schoolhouses. So they really grow up in this environment like we did. I had, yeah. I'm trying to think how many I had. I had three or four officers in my ITC class. I was class two um, for ITC. And I think I had four. One of them got removed. So that might have left three or maybe that left four. I don't know. But th- those guys went through um, ITC as well at that point in time. I don't know if they're still doing it, though. No, they are. Yeah. Yeah. They are definitely they, – they still have to go through. So if you want to become a MARSOC officer, you still have to go through selection, still have to go through ITC. You do not have to go through pre-ANS or whatever that's yeah, called yeah. now. Yep. So the thing is, is you know your your men are going to rely on you. So if you become a Marine Corps officer, you got a lot of weight on your shoulders. Yeah. It's your your reputation is really fragile because you have to take care of your team. You also have to answer to the soda and and the battalion and the company. So you're bound, you're juggling a lot, and it uh, you can't slip. You got to keep juggling. So good luck to anybody who wants to jump Charge on that grenade. Do the officer training. Uh, no, not going to answer that. Not answering that. What is your opinion of going private military contracting after serving time in the armed forces? Every good special operations guy does what every good special operations guy does when he gets out. When you get out, you go contracting. First, you contract, <laughs> make all the money. And then when you're done contracting, you start a contracting co- a training consulting company that can do contracts. And then once you figure out how much you hate all of that, then you actually find out what you want to do in life. And then you go from there. It's a process. I think it's great. I think if you're not done with the rodeo, then you jump on board and go make yourself some money, put some money in the bank, and then go from there. If, if uh, you got a family and that sort of thing, maybe not doing that. I don't know. You'll make more money if you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone just as much. Yeah. I, I really don't have an opinion. I did it. It was good for why it lasted, and then I quit. Here's a here's the one we were talking about. What's up? Was there a t- time or times in which both of you had doubted your abilities during training or certain event or have had that why I'm... Certain event or have had that why I'm here, I... Here I thought. I don't know. I, th- I think and it would so, have though. And if so, how do you overcome it? Okay. Have you ever, have either of I ever doubted ourselves during training or in a certain event? Skip that last line. And then how do you, how, if so, how did you overcome, overcome it? it? I'd say yes, for sure. Same here. Yes. And if you're, if you can't admit that fact, you're, I think you're probably lying to yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to go through a self-evaluation phase all the time. Well, not just that, but if you literally, I mean, maybe, you, <laughs> maybe there's some supermen out there that never got uncomfortable, but for all my friends, we all got extremely yeah. uncomfortable. And if you, I'll say this, anything in life, if you have never put yourself in True. a situation. To make yourself uncomfortable. To make yourself uncomfortable and make yourself, man, like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this. You're not pushing the limits. You're not trying to find out what you're made of yeah. and what you have as capability-wise. Like, what do you what did you have really have in the tank? And I'll say this, even like with well, my last last year I climbed Mount Rainier. I was up, I was on summit day getting up that thing. Every step I was like, dude, is my body going to like fail? Like, I really hope that I make this because we are way up here and like, and all you don't, you don't know, you just know You're one step in thought. front of the other. And I think with me, like even through RIP, ARS, yes. selection, selection, it was just one NPC. step in front of the other. That's all it ever is. And you really, there's most of the, there's a lot of time you don't even have time to think about this question. But no. But when the question does arise in, in your head, you're only going to come up with two answers. And it's either going to be fuck yes or fuck no. Right. And it's it's a really pivotal point, you know. And if it's fuck yes, then, you know, you redevelop your why, why you wanted to do it in the first place. 
And you keep charging forward. Yeah. And you just never quit. Like I was telling him, I remember, I remember the story when a guy was in RIP and I was being the, I was the ATL. So I had rear security and he was just like, man, you could quit right now and take a nice warm shower and (laughs) get a warm meal. And I was like going on three or four days with no sleep. And finally I, you know, he just kept doing it kept doing it. And finally I was just like, turn around. I was like, would you shut the fuck up? They're just trying to break you down. Yes, I think both of us have gotten to that point, but that means that we have pushed our limit mentally and physically to find out where those limits are. And I challenge you to do the same. Eli asked, any advice for an infantry marine attending ANS in January? September, October, November, December. You got January. You got four months. And the shitty part is, is that you're in the infantry right now and you don't really have control over what's going to happen in those next four months. Like, you're probably still going to have to go to the field. You know, you're probably still going to be eating shitty meals in the field. But what you do have control over is you have control over any time that you're not in the field, um, as far as, like, your eating, your sleep, and your your training. And you just got to have to be smart with it. You got to be on point and be smart with it. Make the best decisions you can when you're in the field. Is, I mean, but you really, yeah. it's kind of out of your hands for four months. So the time that you do have afforded to you, you know, focus. that you're not in the field, you just, you got to stay on track, stay focused. Your, work pri- on, your work priorities on. are different than everybody else's. Yeah. Like when everybody's else going to the bar and doing, and playing video games and whatever, fucking you need, off. You need, you need to think need about to be, January and that's, you, you need to keep coming back to your why of why you want to be it, be there and why you want to do it and put in the effort to get there. And then once you're there, you just don't quit yep. ever. You keep moving forward one foot in front of the other and you just don't. Quit. I'd say recovery for you is going to be a big thing right now as well. Uh, if you could do mobility and recovery for the next four months and not even train, shit, dude, that's like keep doing the Marine Corps stuff that you have to yeah. do. I mean, you're then, going to be forced to do so much stuff anyways. Hike, carry shit, walk yeah. far, you know, lift things. Two more questions. What do you miss the most? If given the chance, would you go back one more time? Real quick, what I miss the most? My team. So just the team, guys. It's awesome to be able to continue to work with Josh after all these years. Um, but man, there's just absolutely nothing like being on a Marine Special Operations team. No. Uh, it's you just I've tried to replace it. I've tried to like create it on the outside. You just can't do it. That's what I mo- miss most. The second thing, if given the chance to go back, I would go back with one stipulation. I packed my bags and I flew from here to the deployment location, conducted the deployment and flew back home. Then that's it. I never had to deal with any sort of pre or post deployment, anything. So your insert to extract is straight from home. Straight from home. And uh, probably was not gonna fly, <laughs> but that's my stipulation on going back. Josh? Definitely feel the same. Um, for sure, you know, missing missing the men and missing your team, you know, working with a solid group of dudes who are just professional, awesome, and are just like you. I mean, you can't, you can't get that anywhere else. But yes, I would definitely go back. Do the under those under those same rules. <laughs> same no, rules you know, again, you know, there's skill sets, you know, you harness and fine tune during all that pre stuff, but I'll just work it on the fly from this point. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like just just let me go, let me do what I need to do, have some fun, conduct business and come up. So if there's an MSOT out there <laughs> that needs some two old guys. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Just give us a ring and have passport. We'll travel. Meet you there. (laughs) All right. The last, last question of the night is going to be... Coming from... What emblem means more to you, the EGA or the Marine Raider badge? Great question. I have much respect for the Marine Corps. It, it, it comes, I think it comes down to, and I don't mean this in any like derogatory way, but I think it comes down to what you connect with yourself emotionally. And um, I emotionally connect with the communities that I spent so much time in. 
the Marine Corps being the first one, but that turned, that was a stepping stone yeah. into the reconnaissance community, which was a stepping stone into the Raider community. Personally, I identify with the reconnaissance jack, your jump and dive, your Raider badge, and then now the the Raider device. The device itself, Marine Raider, you know, operator badge. There's nothing wrong with the EGA. It's just that I, when I see these other images, I feel a more of a emotional connection with those than the the, the Eagle Globe and Anchor. That is yeah. just my personal opinion. Again, I feel the same. I mean, the EGA is where it started, and Marine Corps and boot camp and recruit training, you know, and that feeling and remembering. Like, I still remember getting handed my, you know, EGA. Oh, yeah, of I course. Mean, it was emotional. I, I remember yeah, it. it was an emotional event. That harnesses, you know, very deep in me and, you know, and, and how I feel about what I've done. But like Nick said, you know, this resonates more uh, with me. You know, it's kind of that point. We were talking a few questions earlier, you know, when you just kind of, you know, make a mental decision. You grow up a little bit, and I figured out what it really was that I wanted to do, um, to become, to go through, to excel myself. And that's the decision that I choose is that that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I did. And you work hard for it. Yeah. Yeah. You earned it. Guys, thanks for the Q&A. Thanks for all your questions. It was rad. We should do this again every time Josh comes into town. And uh, here's the deal. If you got more questions, drop them below. We'll answer them. And don't forget to uh, hit the subscribe button. Like, comment, share, subscribe, all that YouTube nonsense. And uh, hey, if you're a young man or woman looking to join the Marine Corps, go to USMC prep.com check it out 12 week training program we're launching very soon get signed up get notified you're gonna like it it's gonna make you excel not just graduate but actually excel lead the way all right guys see you next time